How is everyone? Doing all right? All righty. Interesting camp, isn't it? We've had uh, the winds, the heat, the humidity, a little bit of cold, a speck of water. It's been a bit of everything. All right. Uh, maybe just... Maybe if you turn to Luke 2 and you can just perch there for a little bit and we'll get, we'll get there in a minute. Um, just want to tell you a quick story. If you can dream with me, just however you imagine things, just uh, whether you need to close your eyes or whatever you do. All right, it's April 11th. It's 1997. It's a crisp autumn day. Leaves have started to turn red, start to drop off from the trees. Um, the 11th of April in 97 was a Friday. It was the last day of term. So uh, all the kids were finishing up school, pretty happy, start of the holidays. Um, there was a house meeting that night, that evening. It was at a, a brother Simon's house. There was a young kid there that uh, had just got some new Adidas kicks and was showing them off to all his mates. Um, the supper table was full, ready for the end of the meeting. Choruses started, just like every other meeting that we do. We have the choruses, we have a bit of prayer, we have the talk, those sorts of things. Um, then during the prayer time, there was a young kid who uh, was praying for the Holy Spirit with his area leader. And he received God's promise of the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. Got incredibly hot while he was praying, as he was filled with the Holy Spirit, as maybe the chaff was being burnt up. And uh, that, uh, little, that little life was changed. And uh, as it turns out, that was me, and I was three years old when that happened. Not really, but anyway, <laughs> I like to think that. Um, but anyway, that, that was my story. That was my time. And um, I guess we all have our own time. I really want to talk about your time. Um, and I really want you to think about your time when you received the Holy Spirit and when God called you. Um, you may have grown up in this fellowship just like I did. Um, and you came along with your parents and you sort of heard things, I guess you're witnessed to by your parents and you're witnessed to by the Sunday school teacher and you heard talks and bits and pieces like that. But at some point, God called you, even though you grew up in this fellowship. You know, for us that have grown up in the fellowship, it's, this is your church, this is our church, it's your God. And uh, if your parents are still walking with the Lord, they're your brothers and sisters. You're actually equal in the sight of God with them. And God prepares and preserves a time for us. And I just want to just quickly read out Luke 2. It's a bit of a random one, but I just want to make one point out of it. Um, and we just read in verse 2 of Luke 2, actually verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. So basically the Roman Empire, the Romans had control of Jerusalem and much of Europe. And... The taxing wasn't a tax, it was a, most likely some sort of census. So just like we do a census every, whatever, four years or whatever it is, um, there was a census. And so as a result of this, for some reason, the way it worked is you had to go back to where you were born. So you could imagine there would have been a massive movement of people at this time because, you know, as time progresses, people just sort of start drifting off to different parts of, of uh, different towns and whether work takes you there or, or whatever the situation is. But you had to go back to where you're from. And so as we read in verse 3, and they went back, uh, and so we read in verse 3, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And we read here about Joseph, which is Jesus' dad, also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth. So he was in Nazareth in Judah, and he went to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. So he had to go back to his hometown. 
and um, to be taxed, um, yeah, to be taxed with Mary's espoused wife, being great with child, so she was ready to have Jesus. And so it was that while they were there, that the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her, force, her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger. And we know the story. But this was a, was a prophecy in the Old Testament about where Jesus Christ needed to be born. So God had prepared this time that to bring them from um, Nazareth up to Bethlehem so Jesus could be born there. And um, I guess for us, God prepares our time. And uh, I was just uh, looking at back at a bit of family history and things like that. And um, there was, with my great-great-grandparents, so my, my heritage is Italian, uh, both sides of the family. And um, on my dad's side, they're from far, far down south on the back of the boot there. And um, anyway, around the turn of the century, around 1900, there was a, quite a bad disease that went through there. And a lot of people died, and um, they couldn't quite work out. Uh, they couldn't quite work out what was the cure for this this disease. And eventually, they found it. And uh, my great great grandparents managed to to obtain it, and they survived. And that was important because um, at that stage, I hadn't had kids. And then, obviously, they had my great grandmother, who then had my grandmother, who had my mum, who had me. And God prepared and looked after this line so that on the 11th of April in 1997, in this Friday night house meeting on a little couch on my knees with my new Adidas kicks on, I received the Holy Spirit. God prepared that whole line. And you could go back as far as you, 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 know, you want, that God had to keep everyone alive through all the wars, all the situations to keep you, to, to make you you obviously want to be born, and two, to, to when you receive the Holy Spirit. If you go back to Kings, I just want to pull up one little story here, if we could. Just uh, make that Second Kings, I think it is, Second Kings 5. I just really want to, th- yeah, think about your time, and I guess just, um, and the decisions you make. Um, I was just thinking how God prepared my time. I, I didn't realise this, but so my parents came along in '84, um, so I was three months years, three months years, three months old when that happened. But basically, go back four years before, um, and it was Pastor Chris actually worked with two of my uncles and Tom Stavrakis, and unbeknownst to myself, actually, to about. 20 years later, that my uncle actually almost came to the Lord in 1980. Uh, turns out Tom Stavrakis obviously did, um, but we weren't to know that. Then my parents were witnessed to over a number of years. I've got a story where I wasn't meant to be born. You know, my, my parents couldn't have children. Um, they weren't in the Lord, but they'd heard the things of the Lord. Um, there was heaps of complications. God intervened in a miraculous sort of moment where um, they were going to terminate the pregnancy, or they had to, um, but God intervened there. I was meant to have Down syndrome, and God pulled me through that. And again, God preserved this line so that I could receive the Holy Spirit on the 11th of April, 1997. I grew up coming to the fellowship, um, and God's all been around. It's funny, that, that family with that, my uncle, um, who didn't come along, his wife received the Holy Spirit in the mid-90s, but that was as far as she went. My, my cousin, who's her son, come along a little bit later. So God has been around, and, and they had their time. But what I really want to look at is what we're going to do, what you're going to do with your time. You receive the Holy Spirit, and God has preserved you to, 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 to the time that you've received. And now what do we do with the, our decisions that uh, we make? Um, I was sort of just thinking, I guess, we, we got a, a choice to make, obviously, good decisions, healthy decisions, and ones that aren't so healthy. 
And um, it doesn't matter when we've sort of, whether we've come out of the world or whether we grew up in this church, we all got to make decisions. That's just life. Life is a constant decision-making process. Every day we decide what we do. And um, and I guess for just maybe speaking to those that have grown up in the Lord like myself, you, you know, we, you might uh, not have what you would see, the pleasure of walking in the world, um, whether it's drinking a pint of beer or smoking a joint or clubbing or whatever, those sort of things. But as a result of missing that sort of life, you also miss out on the, the other things that we read in Second Timothy 3, things like anger and violence and abuse and selfishness, emptiness, being used, all these sort of things which um, the world just, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, Everyone will look after themselves. It doesn't matter how close you think friends can be uh, in the world, people will look after themselves and people will look after themselves in their career and they're happy to drop anyone to, to get over them. People, and, and we, we don't have to go into it, but you, we all know how people work and, and how the, the terrible things that happen in this world and the, the abuse and the, the, the being used. But we want to make healthy decisions. And maybe, all right, we'll just, we'll read this story maybe, we'll just, we'll just come here. God wants us to make healthy decisions to, to, to go the right way. Actually, just actually, I'll just divert for a minute. I was just thinking about my testimony. Sorry, growing up in the Lord, because I, I lost my way a little bit. I received, so that was me. Obviously, I received when I was just shy of 13. And um, even though it was a, an amazing experience, I was too weak to stand up for the Lord. And as a result, was happy to, to do what my friends did in the world uh, at school and all those sorts of things. But um, I knew enough... I'd been around the fellowship enough to know how to get away with, you know, I knew when to stand up and sit down and say an opening prayer and closing prayer and just sort of, you know, get yourself by uh, to, to get through things. But, um, you know, at school it was one life, it was the squaring, it was the d- dirty jokes and the bad thoughts. And then at home um, and at the meetings it was sort of a little bit different. But I always knew what was right and I wanted to do that which was right. Um, and it's funny how you never forget the things you hear. And I remember sitting in Homec, particularly, this one time, I was year nine or something, and um, a fighter jet actually went over the school. We didn't realise until afterwards. But um, it's funny how when you know the, how the Lord's going to return, all of a sudden that's the first thought that goes through your head. And I remember being petrified that I was on the wrong side of the fence at the time. And... Um, but I was, you know, I wanted to do that which was right, but I was too weak or I was too cool or, or whatever it was. But praise the Lord, out of little decisions, that started to spin around for myself. And I just want to read, we'll just read this one story because I've got to get moving. Second um, Timothy, you know, Second Kings 5. So most of us know this story. We got Naaman in verse 1, who's from a country of Syria. So that neighbours Israel. So a totally different country. He's a captain. He's a great man. We read in verse 1, he's honourable. Sounds like he's a pretty pretty awesome sort of bloke. The trouble is he's got this disease called leprosy. So, you know, when your arms or your limbs go white and can lead to um, having him amputated and things like that. Not curable. So the Syrians had gone out by companies and they'd brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. So this little maid had been captured. She'd been taken out of her homeland and in, an, in, a, in a totally foreign place. It's sort of a hard thing to imagine, um, but I don't know it's, if you can sort of imagine being taken over by another country that most likely speaks another language that has totally different customs, that does things a different way, and obviously you're there to serve them. And she waited on Naaman's wife, we read. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. So she sort of pipes up and says, well, um, you know, 
her master who's name him, if he if he goes and sees this prophet, he can actually be healed. And I was just thinking, it doesn't matter what position we are in, we can represent the Lord. And uh, we've all come to, we all got had our time when we received the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we can go up and down after that. Um, but God really wants us to, to take hold of the time that we have, our time in the Lord, our time walking with him. And whether you've come to the Lord, been in the Lord a while, and sort of, you know, you can lose your way something or, or, or something like that, you can, we can always come back. And I'm just... I guess this this young per, this girl this we don't really we don't have a name we don't really have much background, but it doesn't matter the position that we can represent the Lord. And with verse four we we read and one went in and told his Lord saying thus and thus saith the maid that is of the land of Israel, and the king of Israel uh, the king of Syria rather said go to and I'll send a letter to the king of Israel. So basically he gives permission to Naaman to go over to see this prophet. In verse 9, we pick up that Naaman comes with his horses and chariots and all the goods that he had to Elisha's house, who was the prophet of God. And, um, and we read in verse 10, Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and your flesh will be clean. And um, all of us that know the story, Naaman wasn't so happy with this. Um, but God has a set way. We read in Isaiah that, uh, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so is my thoughts than yours. And so he's given this opportunity. He gets pretty upset. We read in verse, in verse 11, he, he was pretty upset. And he went away wrath and said, I thought, you know, surely, you know, some bolt of lightning is going to come or some sort of, you know, some big show is going to come with this healing or however he was contemplating this healing to come. But the most important thing that we have is to listen to instruction. We read in, in Proverbs that he that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. So if we don't listen to direction that we've, we're given from God, from the oversight, from our brothers and sisters, from uh, the, the word of God, we actually, it's a detriment to our soul. That's what the Bible is saying. And, uh, and, that, uh, that we need, and then it goes on, and he that heareth reproof um, get, uh, getteth understanding. And uh, it all comes down to this. We read a little bit later, just in, I'll just keep moving. Verse 13, he has a servant that goes to Naaman and says, well, if he had told you to do this or that, wouldn't you have done it? That was, you know, more sort of, I guess, macho things. I guess, you know, something a bit more hero, hero-like. But he's saying, well, he's just telling you to do this. Why don't you just go and do it and see what happens? In verse 14, we read that when he went down, he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the, to the saying of the man of God. His flesh came again like under the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Most of us know the story, but through the humility and obedience, that's where the healing came. That's where the change came. We read in Proverbs 22, it says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honour and life. Um, and we also read in Peter, it talks about uh, submitting ourselves to the elders and then also talks about submitting ourselves one to another and being clothed with humility, having this humble nature about us that God gives. For God resists the proud, it says, and gives grace to the humble. And so... When it's, you know, I guess just to thinking about good and bad decisions and, and our time that, uh, you know, you had your point when you received the Holy Spirit and God had prepared that. All the situations leading up maybe in that week, that two weeks, that three weeks, the couple of years beforehand, the fact that your parents had you and, and the line that goes all the way back that had to be, had to survive uh, to, to, to create your time. And then God wants us to, to continue that that I guess with our time, that we create their time for other people. Um, I was just thinking this little maid, she didn't have to say anything. 
she could have just, she was in a pretty, I guess I'd imagine it would be a pretty uncomfortable situation. She's in a country she obviously doesn't want to be in. She's with a family she wouldn't have wanted to be with. She's away from her family, away from the things she knows. She's, it's, it's a totally different life. She's, I guess it's, it would be a humbling sort of situation. And she didn't have to say a single thing. She could have just, that, that could have been it. And we would have just went from verse 44 over to about verse 15 or actually probably to the next chapter. But um, she decided to say something, and uh, as a result of her saying something, Naaman had his time. He had an opportunity where God could prove himself to him. And um, maybe we'll just finish in Second Peter in chapter 3. And I guess just, I was just thinking that um, it's a new year, and um, it was already mentioned, and we said it in the prayer, that uh, we have so many people around us where it can be their time. And just a little story that uh, I had the, um, I was going to the physio and I'd just um, been going for a little while and there was a girl at the reception that we got chatting a few times and turns out she was a Christian and uh, we talked about God a few times and then um, then one week I found out that she was leaving and so as I was sort of going out I thought I gave her a pamphlet and just sort of just told her about it and said she's welcome to any meetings and um but later that week, I thought, oh, I should have just invited her this Sunday, just sort of, um, but I didn't have her number, so I had to call the physio. She wasn't there. The physio was kind enough to uh, take a message for me and just say, you know, you're welcome to come this Sunday. Um, you know, this is where the meeting is, et cetera, et cetera. And um, lo and behold, I forgot about it. And uh, I came to the meeting. I was slightly late, and Pastor Chad comes up to me, and she's, he's like, oh, Beck's here. I said, oh, who's Beck? And uh, <laughs> so it was the, the receptionist. She was there. And um, anyway... Uh, we got to have some prayer with her. She didn't receive the Holy Spirit. But I was just I was just thinking, just like creating that time, that God just opens up the opportunity. Like I, she came off her own back to, to come and have a look at things. And, and she was, I guess in one way, she was ready to hear the gospel, but she was scared of it also and the commitment that come with it. But uh, we're here to create time. You know, we've had our time and we're having our time and we're here to create time for others that they have their time, where they have their moment that they're touched by the Lord and, um, and with all the things that are happening in our world and, and men's hearts failing for fear and things like that, that uh, they can have their time. We'll just finish maybe this one verse. Um, where is it? I wish I wrote it down. First Peter 3. We'll just finish here in verse 15. But sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is with you, that is in you, with meekness and fear. Sorry, that was First Peter 3, verse 15. I've got no idea what I said. Anyway, um, that we're ready to give an answer because the people that we work with, the people we go to school with, the, our neighbour, you know, the whoever else, you know, whatever sporting club we're part of or whatever, you know, whatever we do, um, there are people there that God has prepared. There's a whole history that God has, you know, made sure things fell into place so at some sort of moment, you open your mouth just like that made, you say the words, and their life changes, and they get a touch from God. What people said. Amen.